From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 356. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Pen Chalet, and Moo. My name is Mike Hurley. I have the pleasure, as always, of being joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. <laughs> What's so funny to you over there? What did you go and do last week, Mike? What did you do? What did you do, do to us? I didn't do anything. Are you sure? Because my inbox is full. This uh, week. <laughs> I think that that's got nothing to do with me and has uh. <laughs> 100% to do with you, my friend. <laughs> Am I a bad person, Mike? <laughs> I feel like so I'm a bad person sometimes. We have a, a, lo- a lot of follow-up about the <laughs> Indie Graph fountain pen, which was what took up a big portion of last week's episode when we were talking about the traffic light system for mm. uh, for Kickstarter projects. and. Yep. I I think I made it pretty clear at the time when we were recording that I felt like you were that this was not going to be the end of this discussion because you were very <laughs> you were very steadfast in um talking about this project in a negative way, right? That you thought, mm-hmm. and, and you were mm-hmm. perfectly fine to have the opinion that you had based sure. upon the information that you had. But like, you were making a lot of very strong mm-hmm. claims, which I was kind of testing you on a little bit <laughs> uh, because I could feel the feedback that we would ultimately receive for the for the segment, maybe from different people, maybe people that know a little bit more, maybe the people that don't know a little bit more will find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to maybe run through <laughs> some of the feedback? So what's what's the phrase, strong opinions loosely held or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm definitely willing to admit when I'm wrong mm-hmm. or didn't do all my homework, like this instance. And I don't like to do that. Like, I did not, honestly, I didn't consider some of the feedback when I was talking about this project. I was just going off, hey, here's some ideas that I have about this project and let's talk about them out loud. I would say it's, it's pretty rare when I feel like I have a good sense of what the feedback's going to be like, but this was one of those <laughs> times where I was very sure what was going to happen. <laughs> See, and and I even wasn't, but it it's once it started very quickly after we were done, <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I think, it, I, should... I think we started getting tweets before the episode was published. Like, it, <laughs> it was one of those types of situations. All right. So, let's, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. Lots of things to discover on the IndieGraph. And uh, we'll, we will have a, uh, uh, a wrap-up at the end of this. But um, let's start with a comment, which I very much believe in, uh, via Israel, who uh, sent me several emails on this. And he wasn't saying, I, I'm taking this out of the entire context of the email, and he didn't mean it in a harsh way, but I want to I want to reiterate this phrase because I, it's actually something I believe in. Just because a product doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean that it doesn't work or isn't worth trying. And those are actually words I try to live by, and maybe I failed a little bit last week. Yeah, I think you did. I, I think I felt a little bit about this at the time where it was kind of like you were very knowledgeable Mm. um and you like more than anyone i know and more than anyone most people know you know your stuff Mm -hmm. but it it at some points last week felt like you (laughs) were getting lost in that yeah, I don't know what happened, honestly. I didn't yeah. go into it that way. Like, that was not my intention, right? Yeah. I, and this is something, this statement is very much something I believe in and something I try to, I try to practice what I preach in this case is like, you know, I don't dislike, you know, a standard big ballpoint because that pins great to somebody, right? It's, it's, 
not about that. So I I definitely felt like I I let some people down in discussing the product that way. Um, The Indian ink mention, which I got a lot of, I thought that that was, um, you know, not that big of an issue. Like I kind of figured what they were talking about, but I thought it was a little bit interesting. What was funny is it, it seems to be a British term more than anything. And that the couple of British emailers that I got had never heard of that, but they understood that that's what it was. And it was, seems to be a British thing. Um, it actually kind of took me a little while. I was like, okay, well, let me go see if I can find a bottle of ink that says Indian ink on it. And I actually did. It, it took me a while. It was not straightforward. Have you ever heard, not that you necessarily would have because you're not an artist and maybe don't dabble in India ink, but have you ever heard that this is never, a thing? Never. I, I still, I would tell you, I still don't know what it is. Right, like right. I have yet to work out what India ink <laughs> is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's it's a permanent waterproof mm-hmm. kind of ink that's very, you know, high maintenance. So which we'll get into in this next point, Mike. So that was the Indian ink thing. I thought that was okay. That was a a, a point that was I think small in the in the overall big picture. The big thing is the. Uh, moisture in the cap idea, like which that was boggling my mind. And as it turns out, that's not the first time water in the cap system has been used. I got a link from Marcus from the Art Supply Posse uh, podcast to link me to a Faber-Castell TGS-1 technical drawing pen. Mike, do you know what I mean when I say technical drawing pen? Are you familiar with that general uh, phrase? Is that like architecty type stuff? Yeah, it's those pointy, very pointy, syringy looking... Yeah nibs that are used for you know technical drawings um and they use an india ink type of ink right a very black Mm. very permanent very waterproof it's not that i didn't see any that actually call it india ink but this is actually a an idea that has been attempted before it doesn't look like it's in the modern um models of this technical pen and at the time i think this pen was maybe from the 80s or 90s maybe maybe more recent i could, i was trying to find dates on them and i couldn't really find dates but it has these two little foam balls in the cap so you like unscrew the top of the cap and you drip some water on these foam balls and that is to keep moisture in the cap to keep that nib wet because those those nibs on those technical drawing pens are notoriously finicky like people hate those pens because they dry out so quickly and are very high maintenance. You have to really, really love those pens to use them on a regular basis, and you have to put in a lot of maintenance work to them. So it doesn't like look like it took like this didn't become a thing like permanently. Um, it doesn't look like any of the current models of pens use this type of system but the idea is the same right this is a very harsh ink you're using it dries out when it comes in contact with air and if we can keep the air around the nib at a higher humidity level you will have better performance when you begin using the pen so um that was interesting like that was cool it's like okay this theory of keeping the nib wet has been, you know, tried to been solved before. So a couple of people did reviews of the IndieGraph pen. 
uh, Stephen Brown's review, I think, came out that day or the day before we did the review, and I didn't see it till afterwards. And I watched it, and he, you know, spoke spoke well of the pen. You know, good pen for what it is. Maybe not like the best. Like if you're into like a fully refined fountain pen type of system, you know, maybe it's not the thing, but like for what it does, it works well. He said he's used it for two weeks at the time of the video. He'd used it for two weeks, had no drying out problems. So, Hey, maybe it works well. Um, Parker blogs also did a review, um, kind of said the same thing. I've had the pen for around two weeks. There's no real drying out of the nib. So, you know, that type of system, maybe it works. The other link I got was for the Noodler's Boston safety pin, which this is a little, this is a modern take on the vintage safety fountain pen to where the nib was actually submerged in ink when it wasn't in use. I don't know if you've seen these types of fountain pens in like a vintage type of thing, but they, they made this with materials that would be able to handle the India ink. Right. Um, and, essentially a pool of ink, the nib would retract back into it. Um, and, you know, it's a different system. We'll put a link in there so you can see how the, the pen actually works. But it's actually, it's different from the moisture cap idea, but the same idea in that, hey, if you're going to use a, an ink that, that's hard, that is as harsh as an India ink, well, we can keep the nib submerged in the ink and keep it, um, you know, ready to use whenever you are. Yeah, okay. It's an interesting... Um... It's an interesting system, plus it's also just kind of cool too, right? To like to right. retract it. I don't right, know why I right. find that cool, but it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, so like I have safety pens, but that are more cartridge based. They're not, you know, filled in pools of ink base, but that was actually yeah. pretty common for vintage pens. The safety pens know, have the caps on them, or do they just retract and that's it? They have caps almost okay. So it's just like universally. It's like two-factor authentication for leaking. Right, because if you have a vintage safety pin, you don't really want to store it nib down because then you're going to run into some inky problems most likely. So, um, but like the one that I have right now is like a little mini Mont Blanc and it's cartridge based. And so there's, there's no pooling of ink or anything like that. So I can do whatever with that pin. So the last little tidbit I wanted to mention here in, as far as feedback goes, we had a, a, a listener email me say, saying that they actually live in a dry, po- a dry part of the U.S. and to combat difficulty in their regular fountain pens starting up, they rinse their cap out with water and kind of shake it dry, but not like fully dry it. So there's like a few little dots of water in their cap. And just having that moisture in their cap allows them f- to not have to worry about their fountain pens so much drying out just because of the, you know, the, um, the weather system that they live in, like it's very dry or arid, things like that, you know, no humidity in the air. So that helps them out. They say every two or three days, they do this little cap procedure and it keeps their nibs writing. So this is to say, all of this is to say that I feel like I failed the IndieGraph project to a degree by not coming with all of the information up front. And I apologize for that. I think I could have done a better job. I don't like to universally pan projects. That's not my style. Um, And I think I just got off track a little bit last week because I was very confused by it. So I certainly apologized um, for, you know, leading people down that path, which may not have been fully accurate or thoughtful in, um, you know, how we, 
like to present things, especially how I like to present things on the podcast. So while it may not uh, get a green light from me, there's still questions about, you know, being a new company and trying a new thing. It's certainly not a red light type of campaign to where I would avoid it completely if this is something I'm interested in. So maybe it fits firmly in that yellow light category. Mike, if this is something that's good for you, it may work out. And I've definitely learned a a bit on uh, you know trying to do more research on a particular product before, um, even though I may not have come up with all this stuff, which is why I love our listeners so much that we can get this feedback and, you know, I can get links like this uh, Faber-Castell technical drawing pen, which I definitely would not have stumbled upon on my own. Because if you try to Google anything with a fountain pen and, like, water in the cap, you, there's it doesn't exist, right? Like, mm-hmm. trying to trying to figure this out on my own. So I appreciate the reader's feedback on this. And, uh, yeah, I think it, uh, it was a busy week in the inbox and in the Twitter messages. And I just appreciate that our listenership is willing to reach out and um, get their points heard on this. And uh, I appreciate it. So the, this is officially moved from red to amber on the, on the, Dowdy, on the Dowdy emergency scale of... Uh... Uh, what what do we call it? The red light system. <laughs> this the the stoplight system, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, it's a yellow. It's a yellow. Okay. I think that's fair. You know, you. I think you need a green a, a full green light on a Kickstarter project is any track record. You know, a track record yeah. is required. Yeah. So this is uh, there is a moderate risk, but it's interesting enough. Well, let me even state. Let me even state verifiable track record. Right. Right. So like. Me or you have to have used one of these, one of the products of this company to be able to give it a green light, right? So that we yeah. can say, yes, we are personally comfortable. Because that's what it is, right? Like if we're doing it, everyone can have their own stoplight system. But like if we're on the show and being like, oh, this is a green right. light project, it's like, we know this company, we've used their products, like we're confident that they can make a good product. Other than that, you know, yeah. like I would, I would struggle to want to bring anything <clears throat> to green, right? Because it's like, yeah, mm, or it would have to be like from someone that whose tastes you or I super trust telling us, right? You know right. what I mean? So. Right. And I think that's where I let people down last week, as I got very like personal feelings about it instead of very uh, logical mm. feelings. The about system, it. Sh- I know. I think, I think like that the system should have some like personal aspect to it. I think mm-hmm. that you got a little carried away basically with mm. with the with the thought that like this can't be possible mm-hmm. um without actually knowing that right and that was my mistake clearly. but you can't know everything yeah and all we can do is what you've just done i could have worked harder i could have uh, worked harder yes, for that one of course but we we can all work harder sometimes but like this is mm. this is it though right like the the show is a living document like every episode does not begin and end and that's it right like they move forward and now we're able to share more information and it builds a fuller picture because i still think that a lot of your concerns are valid because like again it's like all right so let's say that this does work you don't know that they made a good version of it you don't know they can make a good version Mm -hmm. of it at scale and what you also don't know and what none of the reviews know right now is is there a long-lasting negative effect we don't know yet. So like I, I think that it's perfectly fine to be skeptical of this because it's different and a little bit weird. And also as well, like probably not that necessary for most people. This pen. Right. Right. Like most right. of the people that are buying it are like 
probably in the mindset of, oh, now my fountain pen will never dry out, where it's like, mm-hmm. your fountain pen doesn't dry out. Like, it's, you know, and if it mm-hmm. does, you don't need to put a, a drop of water in the cap to fix it. You can just wet the back of your finger, you right. know, and like right. just touch the nib and you're good to go. You know what I mean? Like, the, 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 sometimes these products exist to serve a perceived problem as opposed to a real one. If you right. are using the India ink and you want a pen for that, then great. But I would expect that most people that buy this pen will not be doing that. Yeah. So, so. anyway, really, really good and appreciated feedback from yes. the listeners last week. So thank you very much for everyone who uh, who chimed in on our conversation last week. Um, the Kickstarter video of our live episode in Atlanta has been completed. It's just going through review process right now. Up- from me and Brad, uh, so it will be sent out uh, to Kickstarter backers <laughs> later on this week. Um, Two person review yeah. process. I've looked at it. I think it looks fantastic. I know Brad likes to watch it as well, so which is great. Just yeah. so we make sure that everything is hunky dory. Um, but again, like I know, I know we always say this, but just like the production values are just even better than they've ever been this year. The Hacker Boys, they really know what they're doing. So uh, keep your eye on your uh, Kickstarter activity pages and your email inboxes this week. Um, but we will confirm next week that it's been sent, um, just so you know. I am writing it down now that I need to validate and update. Whoa, look at that. That's two big fancy mm-hmm. words just for sending mm-hmm. out a Kickstarter update. But <laughs> Validate <laughs> hey, and update is, the update. This is a cool thing to see. I really love this video that we do every year. And Stephen and Mark do such an awesome job. Uh with it so i can't wait to watch it i have not seen it yet so Mm -hmm. i will take care of that today and tomorrow and no later than friday you all will able be able to uh see this video for yourself all you backers wonderful all right shall we uh take a break let's i need a drink all right that sounds like a great idea uh today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at pen chalet the company you sell amazing rollables authentic fountain pens beautiful ballpoints Marvelous mechanical pencils and so much more. They have all of your favorite brands. Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Caveco, Monteverde, and many more. They have ink. They have cases. They have refills and pen holders. No matter what it is you're trying to get your hands on to add to your stationary lifestyle, you should be going and checking out Pen Chalet first because they're always doing great deals for their customers. They have very fast and reliable customer service, and they're a great supporter of this program. Uh, they do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the U.S., and they have... Dude! What? <laughs> Sorry, I was just opening the link while you were talking, and I interrupted you. Oh. It's good. Uh, they do free shipping on orders of fifty dollars in the United States, but they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Pen Chalet has low prices on high quality pens and a one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. So go right now to penchalet.com, p e n c h a l e t dot com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password "penaddict" for this week's special offer, and to get the code that you need to save ten percent on anything at Pen Chalet. Now, Brad, I understand you're a little bit excited over there. Mm. Can I say this out loud? Like, I know I can't say the price, but I can yeah. say the item. Yes. The Lamy Special Edition AL Star, All Star. Yep. Which? Yep. What's the official, uh, our official uh, pronunci- pronunciation oh, guy, Independence, is in the, uh, is in the chat room. It's no, AL Star. It, I, I don't okay, care what anybody else says uh, yeah. for our show. It's AL Star. I don't like All Star. All Star Bronze. I'm going to do it on purpose now. Mm-hmm. All Star Bronze is on sale at Pinchalet. Mm-hmm. They also, Ron also wanted me to point out the uh, Diplomat Arrow in Matte Silver. That was the coming up next. This um, Matte Silver Arrow 
the price is redonkulous. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, uh, Ron, you made me interrupt Mike this week because the deals were that hot. So, good job by you. This is uh, cool stuff. And you scroll down, there's even more cool stuff down there. And if you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, boom, KWZ Inc., way to the cheap. And I really love uh, KWZ Inc. So, um, wow. Knockout level products at penchalet.com this week. Thank you, Ron. Click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password penaddict for this week's special offer at penchalet.com. And you can also get the code that you need to save 10% at any time. Our thanks to Penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So, you got something new, apparently. Yeah, I got a new pen. I, I bought the Kaveco Student 70 Soul, mm. which is the weirdest name. It's just a weird <laughs> yes. name, but it perfectly describes the way that this pen looks. Um, so I uh, saw on Tiff Ahmed's Instagram uh, that she was using this pen. She posted the Kaveco Student uh, and I was like, what is that thing? Like, I didn't know what it was. Like, I couldn't work out what it was. And I also was like, oh, did you get that at the pen show? And she did, and I didn't see it. And uh, she was like, oh, I really like it. It's just like a nice little pen. It's got like, um, it's got a metal grip section. I don't know what material it is. Um, I don't think it's anything particularly special. I think it's just colored to look kind of bronzy. But uh, Yeah, so it says brass metal parts that are chrome plated. So generally, like your basic underlying metal parts on pins are most of the time brass and they don't mean like you know super fancy brass it's Mm -hmm. just like a a melted metal that then get plated in whatever fancy color they want to plate yep so that that's what that's the case because like this definitely isn't like brass brass you know what i mean like it's not like a brass grip section exactly um, but it looks like it um it's just a great little pen i have not used a caveco seriously in a very long time and I was reminded of why they are so good. And the thing is for me is I just have no interest in the pocket pen size anymore. Uh, this podcast is over. It's just not what I use. Like I don't I don't <laughs> I carry don't. fountain pens in my pockets um, typically. And when I'm at my desk, I like to use kind of more full size stuff. Uh, so... I was really pleased to get this. I got a double broad, which I've had a few Cafecos in double broad, and that is a wonderful nib. And I, I will say this is the thing that frustrates me, especially after getting so used to the king of pen these days. The nib is, is way too small for the body. Um, yeah. It looks kind I, of a little bit silly. I think silly. they're their number five nibs on these. Yeah, they should be I using believe. number six nibs on this pen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like it. I love the way it looks. This is, in my opinion, the only colorway that you should buy of the Cafeco student because the rest of them are completely uninspiring. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because that is the exact phrase I was going to say later. But yeah, there go, is c- no reason then I, then I will, uh, to buy literally any other color. Maybe the demonstrator, but it doesn't look like a super high-quality demonstrator, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't... I don't know why you would buy, like, the red one. Like, it just, it just mm-hmm. isn't fun enough. But this, mm-hmm. this colorway, this, like, cream... Like a kind of beigey body with a bronze grip and gold, uh, uh, like and uh, orange cap. It's like a, it's just really nice. It's actually becoming a little bit of a favorite for right now. I keep finding myself reaching for it. Um, it's, it's, you know, the grip is cool to the touch without le- making my fingers smell. And uh, it's nicely weighted, it's nicely sized and balanced, and it looks really good. And the nib is perfect. 
I was trying to bait you long enough and let you rave about this pen long enough so I could make you at least consider the fact that I might come in and eviscerate you on the back end, but you could not be more right about this pen across the board. Yeah, it's a great little pen. And I'm pleased that they have this colorway because I would have completely ignored this pen forever. Yeah, Susan, who writes for the Panatic and I, have been going back and forth on this pen trying to get one. And, you know, if you're looking on Pen Chalet right now, it says low inventory, act now. That's no joke. We haven't been able to get one to review. So maybe here is where I need to go get one. And we've been trying for a long time because mm-hmm. this model is so popular. This was the first model that came out, I think, in this style. And then the rest of these colors, or at least the, the red, blue, and yellow, I think, seem to be newer. Like... I, I won't go as far as saying this is the only model you need to buy. I actually think the vintage blue is really good looking. As someone who likes demonstrator pens, I think this one looks hideous. I would never buy the demonstrator in this it, pen, even though it's it probably looks, pretty cool. Like I mean, just from the images that I've seen of it, it just looks low quality in a yeah. way that I can't fully Next articulate. To every other pen, especially the 70 soul pen, which is what a name, what a name for a pen. Um, it, it is inferior in every way to every other solid barrel color, which is something I can't understand why they've done this. Like, you know, every other, like white, (laughs) vintage, yellow, red, clear, transparent, blue, transparent, black, and 70 soul. What (laughs) happened at Caveco where they like produced this line of pens and then they made this one of them. They knew they had it. They knew they delivered on this pen, so they went for it. They're like, we're going to call it something crazy because we know we killed it. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I, oh, like, no, but we I agree with that completely, it. but like, it's also yeah. so visually different to the rest of them. Yeah. Like in that, it's I mean, multiple colors. Like it, it's just an interesting... I, I just wonder what led them to this. I mean, you'd have to start going like shag carpet yellow and, you know, all these other things. Is that what you're, you're wanting? Like you're wanting the full 70s treatment? Well, I want more than just a single yeah. color because I'm with you. The overall design of this pen is also mm-hmm. not exciting enough, right? Like it, it For, feels to be plain. Yeah, it like it's it is a sixty dollar pen. I don't know if it necessarily feels that level, um, but it's a pen that I really enjoy. You know, it's why like, I've never touched one of the regular colors at all because right. it's like, well, this that sucks. So I think we'll see in future years that their back-end metrics will show the rate at which this one sold versus every other model. And hopefully they're a company that can kind of pivot quickly mm-hmm. as opposed to someone like Lamy, who seems like they're locked in for years to come, that they might do some other things. I hope to see them do some other things in the student and you know have a, a, a wider range and variety um as opposed to solid colors but i understand the need for like a full lineup of solid colors and mix it in the 70 soul but i think they will see that this pen just did exponentially better than every other pen that they might uh they might mix it up a little bit i'd love to see that out of a company i also don't know why this pen's called the student it was i think it's just the old standard full-length barrel original like student pen shape that they have remade into something that's not really a student pin anymore but kept the name okay so just like your your lamy student pins and things like that that you would uh, that you would see in schools so i think it's just based on that so yeah i was i was shocked to see this in in the document and um that you uh that you have fallen for it and i think it's great it's a fantastic Mm -hmm. fantastic pin 
Next pin is not a pin. Mike, it's a pencil. Sort of. I bought the Faber-Castell Perfect Pencil. Didn't we'll just cut right to the chase. In Toronto? No, but that's when like the lust for this actually really ramped up. Right. For, we, I remember for, looking at it with you. At CW, right? So at CW Pencils, they had oh, the Faber-Castell. We were also looking at it in Laywines, too, if my memory yeah. serves. Yes, because they had a big Faber-Castell display mm-hmm. there. So it's Graf von Faber-Castell. That's, it's a right. special range. So that is the luxury range of the Faber-Castell lineup. And to just kind of rewind this a little bit, I this is a, I guess, essentially a pencil cap with a built-in sharpener um, for, you know, just the short version of what this product is. And it's been around for a while, a little over 25 years in various forms. It comes in your very basic... You know, they have a junior model and a basic model that run, you know, $3 for the junior model, $10 for the regular plastic model. Comes with the Faber-Castell pen. They have an aluminum model that's $40. But none of those caught my eye. I wasn't interested in those. <laughs> like, I was interested in the ridiculously priced $260 version. And I I don't fully know why. Like, my brain worked this way. Boy. That's why. Mm, this... Mm, <laughs> this 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 pen, uh, I, I i won't di- I, I will not disagree with that this pen this pen pencil cap does not elicit big fancy boy feelings this elicits mm, i words i can't say feelings okay. <laughs> the, um they like it's not good terms for you know bro type of guys and it starts with a d and ends with a bag mm-hmm. kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. Like it seems a little bit more pretentious than even I imagine, but I wanted it. I really wanted this product. And I, I I still don't know why. Like I wanted it really badly. I think it was just kind of the vintagey look at it look. And I also wanted to understand why. Why does this $260? And this is the for the the graph. Vaughn series. This is the low end one, right? They make you know rose gold ones and uh, black plated ones, anthracite, anthracite ones. So this is the cheap one of the expensive ones, if that makes sense. Um, and I wanted to know why. Like this pencil has fascinated me for a while, and I knew I would eventually buy one. And I happened to stumble on um, CW Pencils. They did a baseball kit, so I was going to. I went to buy that at CW Pencils. I was like, you know what? I'm making this order. Let's bite the bullet and go for the perfect pencil. So you'll hear, we'll be talking about this a lot because I've only had it about a week or so. To cut completely to the chase, I don't see any way this product will be worth it, right? You know, the quote, is it worth it question? I don't see any way. And right now I say that because I think the sharpener is poor. And for a product that's expensive, I at mm. least want it to be like a spectacularly good sharpener and it's not. So, but to be determined, I still have a long ways to go. Like this is a product that's going to take some time for the utility of it and the style of it and the build of it. It's really great. Like it's really, really nice. I don't regret buying it one bit. This is a product I don't see me ever recommending. And the funny thing is, I don't ever see me recommending the low-end ones either because I think 
for like a $10 price point, you have options, like just get a tin cap and a nicer sharpener, right? You know, to carry if you want to have a portable pencil pencil for $40. I think the aluminum one's pretty ugly and you could get something like the cron dash fix pencil as an option for that price point. So with a built-in sharpener and different things. So the most, to use one of my favorite words, Mike, egregious part of this entire perfect pencil package, which I'm going to give a lot of time with. And I really am efforting to love this. And, you know, it may come around to be one of my favorite products ever. Right now it's not. But the most egregious part, Mike, are the pencil refills that they sell for these at about $10 a pop for a pencil. So Now, this does look like a pretty serious pencil to me. They actually have one of the best design features of this entire package is the screw-on eraser cap mm-hmm. is my favorite feature of this entire thing. Because that- it's like you've taken a pencil and made it like, it is not as easily a disposable thing anymore. It has a piece of hardware, like a serious yes. piece of hardware on it. Yes. And it's extraordinarily well done. Huh. But I knew better. And I, I would have never ordered this perfect pencil if other pencils didn't fit into it, which they do. It has kind of like this clamp system on the interior, right? That it can adjust oh, to various, various I wouldn't have sizes expected that pencils. was going to be the case. Right. So it can adjust to narrower or maybe a little bit fatter. There, there's a there's a limit to the range, but it fits most basic size pencils. So I knew better than to buy the pencil refills. They're not I don't like the hardness, uh the the lead grade of the pencils that much. Um I like the looks of them. Like they obviously fit the package very well, but I'm not spending ten dollars. It's it's funny. I have a harder time spending ten dollars a pop on a single pencil than I did two hundred and sixty dollars on the fancy pencil cap, right? So I'm bringing all this now because I've been starting to share it online because I just got it last week. This is going to be like a long term review. I'm not going to come out and review this anytime soon. This I need to live with this for quite a while to get a better picture because it's so different. Um, there's no way my end result is going to be that this type of money is worth it but i want to see i want to learn more about it and how i use it and how i carry it like i've already like kicked the pencil to the curb and i've just been using other pencils in it right now like i have a Caron dash cw pencil special in there that fits it really really well and looks really nice on there the only thing is it's really long in it right now so this is better for like a three quarters to a two-third lengths length wooden pencil you know just for general carry but you know as you use it and sharpen it down it'll get uh to be a a better fit but i like Uh, it i'm glad uh, i got it where it's it's not gonna i i just have a gut feeling that in the end i will i'm not gonna regret buying it but you know maybe i'll sell it to someone right it's one of those uh, products maybe my pencil bias is gonna show here right Mm-hmm. I cannot fathom any world in which this is a thing that people should be spending their money on. It's a $260 pencil cap. Right. Right? Because the sharpener isn't even that good. So, like you alluded to in the beginning, the Graf Vaughn Faber-Castell lineup is positioned as the luxury lineup. There's obviously a market for this, and that's what I want to try to explore. 
I think that a $20, $30, $40 version of this thing would be great. But a two, mm-hmm. it's starting at $260 is mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. It is a luxury item. But it sounds like that the performance is not good enough. Yeah. So we'll see. I need to spend some more time with it, you know. $260 you were expecting to be using the best pencil sharpener you've ever used. Right. Right? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that what you want from this? Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's that's part of the deal, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just a cap. It's a cap with a built-in sharpener. So we'll see. This is going to be a long-term type of review. Like, I'm decently good at short-term reviews. Like, can figure out, you know, the story that I want to tell in a short time frame with products this one is not going to be that way at all this one's gonna uh we're we're gonna have to see how this goes so it's very interesting i that's mostly why i wanted to buy it i think it it looks killer it's a very interesting space like in the stationary world and i want to figure out why this exists so yep. we're gonna work on that all right so i want you to tell me about this image that you retweeted of what appears to be a orange platinum 3776, the exact thing that you've been asking for. Mm-hmm. So I've been a, a, a bit of a big fan of Twitter polls recently, and I should do a poll, poll on what did Brad get contacted more about? The platinum 3776 in orange? Uh, Neil Gaiman on... Tim Ferriss's podcast. Oh no, game on her. <laughs> or uh, oh, I already forgot the third one. I interrupted. I interrupted. I, I missed it myself. Or the IndieGraph uh, mm-hmm. snafu from last week. So <laughs> Twitter poll: What did Brad get most mentioned? Uh, that's a tight race, Mike. <laughs> and it might be the orange thirty-seven seventy-six. This is everything I want them to do. But there's a p- two problems with this. One is very very obvious. It has gold trim, which I think gold looks great on orange and brown, so I'm not hugely crazy about this. Number two, it's limited. I want this to be a stock release. Yep. So I don't have any issue with this. I'm not buying this pen. You know, if it if it was rhodium, I probably would have hunted this down just because that's that's the one. But I'm holding out hope among all hopes that they're saving rhodium for stock. And I can cross my fingers and seeing this makes me actually worried about that op- about that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity for an orange and rhodium trim 3776 to hit the stock lineup? Those odds just went down with this release because this is generally a very basic release, right? It's not crazy special. So, um, although I haven't looked at the nib, um, the nib could have, you know, the, you know, specific branding for this limited edition. So I love it. It's awesome. And, uh, I, I, a lot of people reached out. I've had people offering to pick it up for me. Um, and I appreciated that, but I, I've, I've passed on this one. I love seeing it. Just bring me the rhodium to the stock lineup, please. Let everyone have the opportunity to get in the, the amazing Orange thirty seven seventy six market. My Japan blue shipped this morning. Ha <laughs> ha! Nice. Do you know it's nice. bigger than a pro gear? Mm, it's like a little no. bit longer than a pro gear. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I, I really want. 
I, I can't wait to see you again so I can see this pen in person. I mean, I know you'll be talking about it a bunch, oh, but I want to, I want to get, I need to feel this. This is a pen you need to feel, right? This one's way different than, than most of, of what they've done in the past. So. Yeah. There is like this part of me that's a little bit nervous about it, <laughs> right? I don't like, think so. I, I, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to love it because I know who I am, but there's, <laughs> you know, this is like, I'm like, interesting, right? Like, this is going to feel very different and I'm wondering what that's going to be like. Like, you know, like, the, you know, I was looking at the images today and on Wancha's website and they have um, like some comparison images. And mm-hmm. now that I spent like more time looking at it, it's like, oh, this is a very different pen, right? Like not only is it a little bit longer, um, you can, if you go to their website, I put it in the show notes, you click on shape and material. There are some like real key differences between this pen and a regular pro gear. So like mm-hmm. it's wider and longer, like the cap is much wider, which makes sense because they wrap oh. this material around it. But the end is much bigger. They've like added this whole piece to the end of the pen and mm-hmm. the bands that go around everything are larger very different so i'm looking at the comparison pictures now which i have not seen before this makes me actually want it more mm-hmm. i think that's enough to move the needle for me still no clip huh we were just we were very saying confident no clip. about that now yeah no clip. very confident now not just picture angles very confident that there's no clip on this pen at all mm-hmm. it is in no picture and they have a lot of pictures i am mm, this changes things for me. Hmm. I'll see if you like it. <laughs> yeah. And there's, it. there's also pictures on the on the Wancho website. The box. The box looks mm. very serious too. <laughs> the box looks serious. It does. If you look at their main images, it's like it opens out on itself and becomes its own stand. It's like a very oh, it's like int- a little it's like a little lift. Like yeah. an internal lift system. Mm-hmm. Dang. <laughs> You paid a lot for that box. Me and that pen are going to be best friends, I think. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I am more interested than I have ever been in that pen, knowing yeah, the size good luck, issue. <laughs> oh, I'm not... I don't need it, but I am way more compelled than I ever was seeing that picture. So. All right. I brought up the poll a second ago because I did a random Twitter poll about the Lamy Safari Pastels, which are starting to hit all of our favorite retailers mm-hmm. out there. So I wanted to know, just out of curiosity, what color are people picking if they're interested in the Safari? I, of course, got a lot of none of the above, Kavecos, Lamy sucks, all those things. So fortunately for me, there's only four options on Twitter polls, so I use them all accordingly. <laughs> I'm just joking with people. I, I, I understand you don't like the Safari, and I'm okay with that. But I just wanted to know, are you going to buy the Powder Rose, the Blue Macaron, the Mint Glaze, or all of the above? Do you have a favorite, knowing that you're probably not going to buy any of these, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, the Mint one is mine. I kind of think so, too. And that's what won the poll, the Mint Glaze came in at 34% with blue at 30%. So those were very, very close. 24% of the people said all of the above and 12% said powder rose. 
I surprised myself a little bit thinking like blues usually like my thing for this. I think the mint is the one and it looks like the, the Twitter poll results kind of uh, bore that out, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know how it was going to play out. I didn't think the rose would be that far behind, but it is. But I thought blue and green are the standouts of the two. And if you're not buying all of them, which singular one? Uh, yeah, I kind of think it's the green, but I, I haven't picked yet. I haven't ordered anything yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with green myself. So there you go. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Maybe I'll do more Twitter polls in the future, but you have to go to the official Twitter applications for that, which mm. I rarely do. They do look good though. The pins? Yeah. Yeah, they look great. They do. They, they do I don't need job. all of, I don't, this is not of a get all three of them though for me. It's not you know, that kind of deal, but I will get one of them. So I think the mint is the best one. Yep. I think that the little yep. plastic part on it too looks the best. Yeah. Yeah. Matches. They did a good job. They did a good job, good job by Lamy this year with the very Eastery. Yeah. It was good timing. If they're going to do that, that was, the timing was right on the money. So yeah, real good. Today's episode is also brought to you by Moo, an online print and design company that offers a variety of premium print products, including business cards, postcards, notebooks, and more, and they deliver to happy customers all over the world. Networking is an incredibly important part of any career, whether you're a designer, a blogger, a podcaster, novelist, CEO, no matter what type of thing that you're doing, you want to have a business card with you so you're not caught out in that moment when you need one, because when you need a business card is when you really don't want to be caught out not having a business card it's kind of like a weird thing about business cards like every time you need one is great and if you don't have one oh boy you wish you had one <laughs> so it's a good idea to have them you can be prepared and show your creativity by having your business cards made with moo because great design is at the heart of what moo does and there is nothing like a slick well-made business card not only are they so easy to design and order with moo on their online tools their business cards offer extra special touches like gold foiling or spot gloss to allow your artwork to truly stand out they have thick textured paper and it's very thick and very textured in fact i have some business cards here like that is a business card. Nice. That was one business card. <laughs> like these things are very serious. And you, you can get them in a bunch of different styles and a bunch of different textures, but I like the ones that like they're extra thick ones that have like a color in the middle. And what I also like, um, I kind of have a business card which has it's very simple on the back, but I have I wanted to have it in a bunch of different colors. So I have like five different versions of the same card. They're all the same on one side and a different color on the other side, just for some variation. And this is the type of stuff that you can get with Moo. Uh, you can get a very high quality, memorable business card. It's great to see your hard work on screen, but it's even nicer to hold it in your hands. Um, whether you need a business card for an all-important first meeting, customized flyers for an upcoming event, or even stickers, greeting cards, notebooks, or postcards, you can count on Moo to help you make that great first impression. I love their notebooks too. They have soft and hardcover, which you can customize with your own brand if you're ordering 50 or more. The hardcover has a tough tactile cloth color, and the soft cover notebooks are lightweight with sewn binding. They're wonderful quality, and they have collaborations going on right now with graphic designer Kate Moroz um, for some really cool styles there. Whatever you need, Moo have you covered with easy customization options, and you can get 15% off your order right now when you go to Moo.com, that is M-O-O.com, and use the promo code PRINT15 at checkout. That's P-R-I-N-T-1-5. That is Moo.com and the promo code PRINT15. Our thanks, and you can get 15% off. Our thanks to Moo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Moo, let's get physical. 
Yeah, I forgot to get my order in last time, so I've just added that to the list as well. For it's all going on the today. list for you today. We got uh, a bumper a big list. Big bumper Ask TPA to finish out today's episode. <laughs> We've got a lot of questions in here. Uh, we're going to start with Pulp and Pen, who asks, what recent product has surprised and delighted you? Faber-Castell Perfect Pencil. Just kidding. Uh, no, 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 no. It probably has, though, right? Like, I know you're making a joke, but you shouldn't really like this pen because it's so friggin' mm. pencil. It's so friggin' expensive, but you do like there's something about it which is a surprise to you in that regard right yeah so i actually have a real answer to this question but to stay on the perfect pencil for a second so while you were reading the moo ad i i really did put in in my notes to go um order to place my order and i'm using the perfect pencil today so it's very enjoyable to uncap my pencil write my note and then recap my pencil. I enjoyed that, right? I, I did when I when I put the cap back on. I was like, "This is nice." So, but my answer, my real answer to this question is the Matt Martin fountain pen. Um, that has been not only a huge surprise; it has been a huge delight. And I'm working on my review. Have been doing that for a few days. Um, I've had this pen inked up since I bought it at the Atlanta Pen Show. I have two other of Matt's pens that my friends bought at the show that I'm going to do a review on Friday uh, this week. I'm shooting for it. I don't see any reason why I won't get it done by then, but I've got some work left to do on it. It's it's not a pen for everybody. One, it's a full metal pen. Mine, in the case of mine, fully titanium. Two, it's very expensive. It was $295. But this pen sparks joy if i may steal a phrase mike every time i grab it and put it in use i take a moment to just kind of look at it and i still just kind of go huh at it like i this shouldn't happen but it is happening to me with that pen it's really great it's one of the uh one of my current favorites by a quite large margin so yeah do you have do you have anything that has uh has has surprised and delighted you maybe a pin earlier from earlier in the show which yeah kind of it's kind me. of a shame because i gave it away but like the, the <laughs> Kaveco student is that right like i kind of bought yeah. it because it was fun and came highly recommended so i was like all right i'll give it a go but mm-hmm. was yeah as i say like just really just it was just a great pleasure again uh to to use a pen like this and remember Remember why I liked Kaveco and not like as it's been in my mind for a while of like, I liked Kaveco before I knew better. Right. Which is kind of how I thought about it for a while. Like, oh, I I liked Kaveco pens a lot when I was kind of starting out. But because I haven't spent a ton of time with them recently, it's, it's kind of just like in my mind, it's been like, oh, it was because you were relatively new to quality fountain pens. But no, it turns right. out that like these nibs are excellent they're very different very different to japanese nibs they feel very different to me um, totally but still equally very good so i would say that the the nib of the kaveco student specifically is what has uh delighted me um this yep. week yeah mia tet asks do you have any tips for working with titanium nibs i have had issues of ink gushing and uneven flow they have both been bock fine and medium I've never enjoyed a stock titanium 
Spock fountain pen nib. Any titanium nib that I like, I've had worked on after the fact. They for some they are extremely finicky nibs. So I've had mine ground down, modified, mm-hmm. adjusted for flow. They they're really hard to get a good experience right out the gate. Yeah, you, I have one. I thought I think it's in the Misu. Did I get the Namisu Nova of titanium um, nib? Maybe. Probably. I probably. I think it was and it's just really squeaky. I hate mm-hmm. that. It's interesting and it feels cuz I like I like soft nibs. Like I like broad nibs, right? So like when it works and it does work, it works fine for me really. Mm-hmm. Um it, it can get it feels really nice for me to use cuz it's soft, but it also is really squeaky and I don't like the squeakiness. Yeah, so they're once I got them worked on, they're spectacular, like some of my favorite nibs. But the stock experience is is tough. It's hit or miss. It's I, I found that they dry out a little bit quicker. Um, the lines are a little bit uneven. I don't know. I've just had, you know, maybe that's a Bach QC thing, which they uh, have a history of. I don't know if it's worth it, titanium. Honestly, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. I think that you get, for many reasons, an equally wonderful experience from gold. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know that there are subtle differences between them. But I very rarely had a gold nib that I didn't like. Right. So I have one, the one titanium nib that I got worked on and adjusted is the one titanium nib I'll use. So I won't order any more titanium nibs, right? I'll just pass that nib around to whatever pen I want to use it in. It's not worth it for me to get another one. So they're they're finicky. That's the best thing I can say about uh, box titanium nibs. And I generally have only had good experience with them after I've had them worked on after the fact, which is you know not always uh, a thing that everyone can do. Fred asks, how do you get the ink off of your fingers after refilling your fountain pens? <laughs> I just wait I it out, man. I just yeah. like, whatever. That's just my life. <laughs> yeah, I generally don't. Like, that used to be a huge stickler sticking point for me i should say where i would like oh i don't want to get messy with fountain pens you know they're going to get ink all over my hands i just own it now you know when i'm done with a big cleaning and my hands will have ink on them you know i'll use uh hot water and dish soap and wash my hands but it won't that doesn't get it all off but you know i just kind of own it now i think it's like a badge of honor that i have inky fingers and um there is a product called uh, amadex that does help get that that uh pen retailers will sell so that's what you want to look for if you really like have a huge accident and your hands are like completely pink. Looks like you know some of our our previous horror stories where you don't want to go walking around with uh, blood red hands. There's a product called Amadex that that does work, but I generally just you know use hot water and soap, and whatever's left will be gone in another day or two. That's how I do it. Yep. Rustafa asks, uh, "Are there any purchases that you thought about, decided no, and genuinely regretted refusing?" This question comes up a lot, like the regrets thing, like hashtag no regrets, man. Hashtag no regrets. I genuinely don't like. I don't have any. I I try to think of things that I've passed up on. Like, there's been some vintage pilot stuff. You know, some of the vanishing points, metal barrels. You know, striped my use that I've just never wanted to spend the money on, but don't necessarily regret. They would be nice to have if I was willing to drop stupid money on them but i don't really have a regret not owning them in the end right so 
those are kind of the only things that I, I've looked at, you know, vintage stuff that you don't come across very often. Like if you're a big, big vintage person, like anything modern, I definitely don't have any regrets on. So it would have to be something in the vintage category. And even then, there's always something else. So I don't really have any uh, any regrets. And the inky side asks, I'm currently engaged, congratulations, and lucky enough to be with a wonderful partner that is a pen enabler, which I've never heard. I don't know if I've ever come across that phrase, the portmanteau yeah. of pen and enabler, like that very much. Yeah. We've is used it. Have I? Oh, okay. Pen able for my hobby. We have decided to buy fountain pens in the 100 to $175 range for signing our marriage licenses. I'm hoping to get it engraved too. What recommendations do you have? Do you have ideas for matching inks as well? My expensive pens currently include, as is, I guess, just to give an idea, uh, Conklin Nighthawk, a Pilot Custom 74, an Opus 88 demo, and my grandmother's Parker 41 debutante in teal with fish scale cap. I would like to keep this pen for the rest of our lives and pass it on to our children one day. Visionaires. Two visionaires. Yeah. Coming right Visionaires. Mm-hmm. I think you can get those engraved too. You so probably that's can. That's what you do. <laughs> what do you think? So my, I, str- I tell you my struggle when trying to think of like what do I consider like super important enough. That is, I guess I would maybe struggle in the 100 range. That that My brain jumps to other places. Yeah. So I kind of have, have two answers here. One the vintage Parker 41 debutante in teal with the fish scale cap is a stunning pen. It is meaningful to you and your family. So it has that extra, you know, meaning oh, to it. That, throwing out that the ad- emotion. Yeah. This, uh, it's a marriage, man. It's, this is emotional time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not the visionaire, Such you have romantic. to go family. So romantic. So I love the idea of using that. Um, the second option i would have would be something pelican i don't know why i see pelican either modern or vintage as being just you. a fantastic wedding pin that it seems looks, to be just it's just got a, a elegance about it right that, that would really fit that environment i think pelican mm-hmm. is a really good shout yeah so you can find some the, like the modern ones in the 205 you can find plenty of in that price range and you can find lots of vintage really classic looking ones depending on what ink color you want to go with. And that's the only thing we're missing from this to pin down the ink is like, is there some type of color theme we need to work with? Otherwise I'm seriously going with iron gall, like document blue black Um, as lame as that may sound. It's so traditional, but if you want to go with a pop of color, let us know. Like if you have any like color preferences um, and we can, we can narrow it down, but I'm going with the Parker or I'm looking at Pelican, maybe even vintage Pelican. Which you can do a lot of work with vintage Pelican in that price yeah. range. Yeah, that's really they're really great. I I I would say that I think using the the Parker would be beautiful too, though. Right? That's yep. That's really nice. All right, yep. we have some more STPA, but let me thank our final sponsor for this episode, and that is ExpressVPN. We all think we're immune to cybercrime. It's hard to imagine someone getting hold of your information, but here's the bad news. Stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is an easy way for bad guys to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers could be vulnerable. There's something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals, and that is to use ExpressVPN. It works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing, encrypting your data, and hiding your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click, and then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. 
ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I love that I can have it on all of my devices, on my iOS devices, on my Mac, just one subscription, and I have it everywhere that I need. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have and use. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict to learn more and protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That is expressvpn.com slash penaddict for three months free of a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so Scott has an interesting question here, and it's kind of backwards from my traditional thinking. So he says, I've typically preferred broader fountain pen nibs when printing and recently changed my handwriting style to cursive where I find I like finer nibs in Field Notes memo books. What kind of nibs do you like for all different writing styles and situations? So big question. I generally think of it backwards from Scott. You know, I like broader nibs for bigger loopy style writing and finer nibs for print style writing. But, you know, we all have our own individual handwriting styles to manage. So Mike generally likes finer nibs and field notes. I never use fountain pens in field notes, so we'll we'll eliminate that. But I'm the way I write is a block print style. So I like nibs with an edge. And that's generally why I don't like broader nibs because they usually have some type of round tipping, you know, when you're in medium, medium and broad size nibs. So I like something with an edge, whether that's extra fine just because it's sharper and doesn't roll around the edges when I'm writing as much as a medium nib will do or something that has, you know, a real sharp edge like a cursive italic or stub nib which you can get plenty of stock options for those twisby lamy pilot i use all of those with regularity i enjoy them all so those are kind of the styles the two different styles i prefer to write in are extra fine and stubbish cursive italic ish and those could be any size from fine all the way to you know 1.5 millimeter depending so I just need something with an edge on it to make my handwriting look the best that it can be. So, you know, it it's hugely dependent on, you know, everything from your grip to the angle and all kinds of things. So we can't get super specific, but that's what I like. How about you, Mike? I mean, I'm going to say, honestly, I, I feel like I'm I'm not discriminatory. I will write on anything of anything. Yeah, you pretty much are. I mean, that's it, true. It's honestly, it's just what do I feel like today? Mm-hmm. And I have yeah. got much more of a um, breadth of a collection now between like fine and broads, right? Like I have way more of them. I used to be like all broads and all mediums. Now I do have a bunch of, I have a selection of fine uh, sailor nibs because as far as fine nibs go, sailor nibs work very well for me um, mm-hmm. because they're, they're all gold. So they're softer anyway. Um, right. And that works really nicely for me. Um, even though the Japanese fine is finer than the like the German fine, um, right. but it, the sailor nibs work very well. Plus, because they're so reliable anyway, so that's why I've been willing to kind of branch out a little bit more there. Um, you know, I, I say up to broad all the way up to like one point five stub nibs. I have quite a few of those too. Um, right. So really, because of the fact that I do tend to lean typically towards more ink. I cannot really be discriminatory in what I use because most of my pens 
are too inky for the paper that I'm putting them on one way or another, especially because I'm left-handed. So I yeah. kind of just roll with it. I don't, I don't really think about nib too much when I'm picking up a pen. I think about, do I want to use this pen today? Like, I forget gotcha. what nibs I have in a lot of my pens. It doesn't matter to me. Um, it's more about, like, is this pen, does it have the feel, like, th- that I want today? Like, does it look the way that I'm feeling? Like, or do I have some particular draw to this one be- for whatever reason so right i and i probably put more weight on the nib or at least a 50 50 weight on the nib when picking out which pen i am mm-hmm. going to use or the, the type of refill that's in it you know if it's not a fountain pen so yeah all right so our next question comes from uh shazad who says having attended all uh of three pen shows in total twice at baltimore once in dc is there an unwritten rule about table vendors not selling pens from china for example only the only gin house or wing songs i saw were on the free giveaway table p.s thanks for finding a mark one for me to click in baltimore <laughs> i remember that very much um this is a great question, and I put it in here purposefully because I don't have a clean and concise answer to this. So there's definitely not any unwritten rule um, that any vendors partake in. There's probably a bias. There's probably a bias. But, for example, I bought a Wing Sung from Van S. Pins in Baltimore. So mm-hmm. you know, there's plenty of vendors that carry... Wing Song, and now you're starting to see some pen BBS out there in the market too. So I think it's just getting used to a changing market, right? These are not the historic pens that they've carried. They do not have the distributor channels that vendors normally work through to provide products for resale. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit more effort in getting these. They may not have the support system that they do um, when they, you know, are buying these pins. And there's also, you know, a little bit of, do I really want to carry the Gin House Safari right next to the Lamy Safari, right? There's a weirdness about that. And I don't know how to present that, you know, in a good answer, but... They look like knockoff goods. Yeah. Because a lot of the time they are knockoff goods. And do you want to be seen selling that? I think that's a problem. Right. So, and that's not, you know, any fault of the vendor. That's the business decision that they make. How do we want to present ourselves as a vendor? And am I going to be able to sit here and rave about one pen whilst trying to sell you a different pen too? Like it's, it's not an easy answer to this question. And there's definitely biases in play when as a vendor, you're seeing what would be considered an inferior product, even though maybe it's not, but there is a, you know, a thought process that has to go behind this and it's not straightforward, but what you're going to see probably is some different pens, like maybe Moonman who, you know, there may be some pens that look similar to other pens already on the market, but might be something different. So it's just, it's not an easy answer. And I think for a lot of valid reasons, being either accessibility, product support, and flat out copying of other brands. You know, how do they validate, you know, putting 
an essentially a knockoff style right next to the original, you know, that, that came before it. So it's a, it's a really good question. Um, something maybe I'll have a better answer to one day, but, um, that's just kind of my initial thoughts. Stanley wants to know what's your next grail pen. I don't know what falls in that category. I know the pen at the top of my shopping list is a sailor Rialo special edition of some sort is that pro- that probably falls in the grail pin category yeah i think that sounds um, pretty good just from a difficulty to acquire and a price point you know that probably falls in there that's kind of the only pin right now that i really really want and i'm willing to wait to find the right one so if that you know fits into that category of grail pin that's probably the only thing that i can think of right now that would do that yeah, do you think, do you I have think, something like that? No, I don't have a like what I would typically or what we would typically refer to as our grail pen, like this very specific pen that I'm pining over that I'm like right. waiting until I can afford or waiting until I can. I don't have one. Um, I have like like I think a dream pen is like what you mentioned some some really amazing Riallo custom mm-hmm. that you right. know we haven't yet come across, um, right. which is what me and you have been talking about for like three or four months now. I think. Yep, so that's the top of my list, and there's probably not even a number two. Like, I wouldn't even know what that other pin would be. So, you know, we'll see. So Keith asks, what's the best paper for the beach? I love this question. I always take a notebook to the beach. I'll take any notebook, any pocket notebook to the beach and use a ballpoint pen. But if you're really concerned about the beach, I would go right to the right in the rain uh, notebook. Um, Just because of the waterproofness and the build quality of it. It's a really good quality product that we probably don't talk about enough just because it doesn't take, you know, fountain pens and gel pens very well. You got to need to use ballpoint or pencil, but it's such a high quality product that uh, I think that's probably the best choice, but really I'll use any paper at the beach, but I will only use ballpoint or pencil at the beach. I will say that. What about field notes expedition? Yeah, same difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would prefer right in the rain because of the white paper where the Expedition has the ivory cream Yupo. Mm-hmm. Um, right in the rain uses a pure white paper, which I prefer. All right, next question comes from Ron. Ron wants to know, when Sailor includes a black cartridge of a pen, is that Kiwaguru or Gentle Black? Yeah, it's the Gentle Black. It's the basic um, the Kiwaguro is number one considered premium, and number two might cause problems for someone who doesn't know what it is. Like it's going to dry out quicker than right. Gentle Black. They call it Gentle for a reason. It's their base. It's their base ink. It's very good all around ink, and it's going to be those. So, um, I would recommend the Kiwaguro. It's one of the best black black inks I've ever used. And it's really, really enjoyable to write with and shockingly easy to maintain for an ink that has some permanence to it. So, But they're going to ship you the basic black cartridge with it. Same with Platinum and, and anyone else who, who does this. They're gonna, you're going to get the basics. And Abigail asks, what is the best extra fine 0.4 or smaller refill that I could use of a Mark 1 or Risha 51? Would love a blue-black, but would settle for black. You know, maybe this needs to be my next invention, Mike. I mean, there's things out there, but there's nothing out there I can wholeheartedly recommend. I thought we were getting that with a refill called the Premec, which is, I want to believe it's a Swiss brand. Um, They come in a Parker style 
0.4 gel ink refill. I need to get some more of them because the two that I've used have been exceptionally scratchy. I feel like it's more of a trend, not a one-off type of thing. I feel like, okay, that's what they are, which makes them not enjoyable to use. I wish I had the best answer for this. And after all the years of doing this, we do not have the best answer for this, Mike. So that just means I need to make it. Can't get any better than yeah, that. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. That's no, not going to happen. Pro no. tip, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a different endeavor for you completely. <laughs> Thanks so much for our sponsors this week, the fine folk over at ExpressVPN, Moo, and Penn Chalet for their support. You can find Brad's work online at penaddict.com. He is on Twitter. He is at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and Penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, you can find this show at Relay.fm, Relay.fm, and go there and look at the other shows that we have. You might find something else that you like. Uh, maybe you should try out Make Do would be a, a good we were talking about tiff armin earlier on in the episode they uh, tiff and julia actually recorded uh, an episode in atlanta like we did um but it was in a hotel room kind of like our first time really <laughs> i enjoyed uh, it so yeah you should go and listen to that one it's a great episode about like complimenting yourself and understanding your skills so it's a really good episode to go and listen to if you've never listened to make do before you can because there's a good crossover um, with with kind of what we were doing in Atlanta too, so that's there yep. for you if you want to listen to it. Um, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>